liberty, freedom and democracy. I believe that all men should be free and have the right to speak their peace. It's a soldier who salutes the flag, dignity he serves the flag. When he dies, lies with the flag that lets the protesters go burn the flag. I am one of the sons of liberty. And our fathers fought and died so that this land would be free. Don't tread on me. Don't take away my rights. Don't tread on me. I will stand and fight. If we don't join together, our freedom's gone forever. Don't tread on me. I'll wave my freedom flag high for all to see. Just like old Ben Franklin said, it's liberty or death for me. We must all hang together, be assured we'll hang apart. Liberty once lost is lost forever. Where it dwells, there's my country where liberty dwells. Don't tread on me, don't tread on me. Way by rights, don't tread on me. I will stand and fight. If we don't join together, our freedom's gone forever. Don't tread on me. Take away my rights, don't tread on me. I will stand and fight. If we don't join together, our freedom's gone forever. Don't tread on me. Don't tread on me. Don't tread on me. All right, welcome back to the Omega Man Radio Show. Today is Wednesday, June 23rd, 2010. And we're going to go right into the interview. We're going to bring on guest Al Cuppet. Stand by. Brother Al, you there with me? Roger that. Hey, it's an honor and privilege to have you on the show, Episode 2 of Omega Man Radio. Okay, thank you. I appreciate uh, how, it. Glad to be here. How are you doing tonight? Well, I'm just a regular guy, you know, Bruce. Uh, one of the good, one of the good guys. I'm just trying to do my part, you know. Ever since the Lord called me and said, uh, "Stand up and and uh, you know, you go against the 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 forces of hell. You go against the forces in the spiritual realm first, and hopefully, you have some energy left for the physical realm." <laughs> Amen to that. Now, Al, you and I have known each other uh, since probably 2005. And uh, yep. there's a lot of uh, listeners tonight, uh, new listeners that may not have heard uh, the name Al Cuppet before. So uh, 
for their benefit, uh, tell the listening audience a little bit about yourself and uh, your background. Well, folks, I was born into an old-fashioned full gospel church in 1939. Now, I don't talk like I'm 71 years old because when I got saved in 1969, I had a 29-year-old spirit, and my spirit stayed 29. Of course, my body's getting older. I'm a born-again Christian. I'm a supporter of Israel and the Jewish folks. I'm trying to warn the church. I had uh, spent 21 years in the Army, 10 years with the rest of the DOD, 8 years in the Pentagon. I've been in 35-plus countries, uh, 14 years overseas. The total service was 31 and a half years. I've had 19 years joint service. I've uh, been all over the place, and uh, I'm just kind of taking a little two-year break kind of here. haven't went anywhere much. But I've been there and done that, folks. I've been on numerous, I mean, radio shows and Internet shows and TV shows, too many to mention, even remember. And I'm just a regular guy, but I'm called to do what I'm called to do, and I'm trying to warn the folks. You know, it says, whoso despises the word shall be destroyed. It says, uh, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. And General Prather had a sign on his desk, desk in, in 1982, what you don't know won't hurt you, it will kill you. And that's where we are right now. The folks don't know what's going on, and I've strained every nerve and spent every nickel I could lay my hands on uh, to try to warn people. And I've done that now for the last 25, 26 years as far as the Bible issue goes. And since 1994, I've been on about 120 cities, 32 states, and six countries with this message and the stack of slides or the PowerPoints are 130 pictures and diagrams. The thing takes from two hours to 15 hours, depending on the audience. And i tell you what, on the third day at about 11 o'clock or 12 o'clock at night, on after the 15th hour of instruction, the people are still sitting there asking questions. And like I said, I'm just a regular guy. Uh, I make myself a new reputation. Bruce knows that. I'm just trying to help everybody, and I'm here because I love you. And believe me, if I didn't love you and wasn't afraid, I wouldn't be here because I've had a lot of close calls and a lot of planes over my house, right over the roof, I mean, the air shaking the shingles, helicopters, people tagging me, and I've been shot at three times. And uh, I've learned a lot of stuff, but the Lord told me he gave me a life, my life for a prey, I, not to fear, he said, I shall prepare a table for thee in the presence of thine enemies. Fear not, sound the alarm, and and sound the trumpet. And that's kind of what it is, Bruce. Well, you know, uh, you're exactly right. It says in the Word, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. And uh, if people don't wake up in America, uh, we're going to see destruction here. Oh, yes. Uh, Al, now, you produced uh, film probably one of the uh, the top-selling Patriot videos of all time. Right. Uh, am I remembering the title correctly, Black Ops and Bible Prophecy? Well, what, what, was, was, the, what was the, the title one, of that program? The one that made Stan Johnson and the Prophecy Club $200,000, and I can say that that was, I was told that by the field director, his name was Phil Barham, and Phil told me, Al, that video you made straight from the Joint Chiefs made them two hundred grand. Wow. And uh, I had told Stan, I'd just, look, I'll go and speak for 50 bucks. You just pay my car my, my, for my gasoline, and I'm going out there. Well, I went on a, uh, was 14 city trip, and he, when I got done, the video sold so much, Stan said, look, I'll pay you the regular $200, you know. <laughs> I said, okay, whatever. And uh, so we made another one called Black Ops, Black Operations and Prophecy. 
the Prophecy Club didn't like that one too much because I revealed who the Antichrist was, and I know who he is, and I've got three witnesses. We've got three witnesses to this guy, plus a bunch of other, bunch of three divine witnesses, and plus I've got a whole passel of, of other witnesses. And this man's about to come on the scene with this Iran thing coming up. So, you know, that's that's the name of that video. Uh, it was called Straight from Joint Chiefs, and I asked Stan Johnson. I said, "How'd you know to make the joint the word Joint Chiefs in purple?" I said, "You know, joint people who serve joint forces and in joint commands, uh, they're called purple suitors." He said, "Well, that was yes. supposed to be red, white, and blue." I said, "No, purple was the exact color for purple suitors who were guys who served jointly." So that was the name of it, Straight from Joint Chiefs. That was the one that made the Prophecy Club all the money. Yeah, now that was a very popular title, and uh, I think that uh, that single-handedly. Um, Brought more awareness to uh, the plot of the New World Order and uh, right. you know the operations of FEMA and so forth, and uh, I think any other video to date. And of course, uh, it helps to have an anointing on well, on you know, when you're, you're a speaker, I've which had, you certainly I've, do. I've had many, many, I don't know how many, many wives and husbands uh, and, and and wives and mothers call me and say, "Al, my son saw that video and he gave his heart to the Lord. He repented of his sins and got saved. Thank you, Al. Thank you." And uh, you know, I, I got a friend of mine up in the mountains of Maryland, my cousin's husband, and second cousin's husband. He said, what are you doing this kind of stuff? You should be out there preaching. I said, man, do you realize how many people I reached with that video? I said, that thing that thing made thousands and tens of thousands of copies and been reproduced. I said, uh, I, I can only preach one service a night. If, uh, if I, I can only preach 365 messages a year, maybe, if I was on a full-time speaking circuit. But I said, that video was multiplied thousands upon thousands and i said oh he says oh i didn't think about that <laughs> so. absolutely now that kind of started it for you and uh from there you've went on and uh you produced uh other documentaries am i correct well yes uh, davis motion pictures uh, of course uh, you were help influential in all of that uh, they produced three of them one was called imvs the new world order and then we had another one called twin brothers church Victory over Ichabod in the New World Order, and then Pearls for the Very Elect, keeping marching one step ahead of the New World Order. I also made one called Never Again. I made it it's a homemade job in Israel. And I made another one. Oh, my. What was that one? Uh, you did one called uh, Nye Wider, right? Never Again. Nivider. It's called Nivider, yeah. Nivider. In Deutsch, that's sagt Nivida, Never Again, right. I had one more, uh, one, uh, I had another one, my goodness, I can't remember the name of it, but anyhow, it was a Joint Chiefs of Staff Action Officers Warning to Jews and Believers. Oh, a, a Last Flight to Harel. It was called Last Flight to Harel, which is Last Flight to the Mountain of God. Harel is uh, a hill over there west of Jerusalem, and it says it's a Joint Chiefs of Staff Action Officers Warning to Jews and Believers. So I've made several, and we have, we wrote a book called, uh, me and Greg wrote a book called, uh, let's see, it was, that was, hold on a second, it was uh, America Sold Out, America Sold Out. America Sold Out, that's right. Right, the coming complacency and persecution of the church. And that, the copies, the, the 4,000 copies that uh, we, we made, the first, well, the there were two sets. Uh, Greg, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Ray Hope. Ray Hope uh, made a whole lot of them, and they're on the they're on the Amazon.com. You can get one, but that's Ray Hope. Ray's got involved in that. The ones I made were paid for by a Jewish brother, 
uh, he paid for those, and uh, we paid them off, and I gave them away. I mean, I gave them away. I said, if you want to give me some postage or I'll put a donation in the can, I don't sell anything. I'll tell you why, Bruce. I went to Canada, and that was a real miracle going in there that I got into the Canada because these guys invited me up there to Edmonton, and I came into Toronto, and I was in a real hurry because we'd flew, flown around to Thunderhead, and I was late, and I had 10 minutes, and then I got out with my bags and my videos and stuff, and I ran up there, and I'm looking for the American citizens or foreigners, you know, the foreigner line. I couldn't see yes. any place for foreigners, not a one. I had 10 minutes, and I thought, well, I walked up to the Canadian line, and the guy looks at my retired Army hat, and he says, oh, you're in the forces, huh? Well, he means the Canadian Armed Forces, and I said, yeah. So I flipped up my passport. Oh, you're an American. I said, yeah, and I got 10 minutes to make the plane to Edmonton. He said, okay, what you got in your bags? I said, I got a candy dish from India made out of brass for a, for a gift. And I said, I got some videos. I had 28 videos. Good grief. And so, and so I uh, I uh, went, jumped on the plane and got out there, and the guy says, wow, Al, you really had a miracle. I said, yeah, what do you mean? He said, all the other guys that we invited, they got stopped at customs and turned around. <laughs> I said, oh my you goodness. guys, you invite me up here, and you knew I had to have a miracle to get through? <laughs> you guys. And those fellows have suffered a lot, folks. They have really suffered some bad things up there. They've had, they, were tried to, they, were tried, they tried to kill them one time by crashing a, a van into a uh, Tim Horton donut shop where they usually sat every Monday at 1 o'clock. And fortunately, that Monday at 1 o'clock, they couldn't get there. There were two guys sitting in the donut shop, and they got banged up by this van that crashed across the parking lot. But anyhow, when I got up there, they said, we're going to charge for the videos when I got to the first speaking point. And I said, I'm going to charge nothing for them. Oh, no, certainly you've got to charge something for them. And I said, well, I said, well, okay, man, if you want to charge for them, okay. So they charged 30 Canadian dollars a piece for them, which was 20 bucks a piece American at that time, and when I come home from there, and I don't go for money, Bruce. I'm not worried about the money. They paid my ticket. If I get home, even Stephen, I feel, hey, that's fine, you know. I come out of there with, I think, I think I had $10 because we had, after the after the money was paid, at the, at the, they put them in, a, in the can, we went down to another place called uh, Red Deer Lakes to speak, and they said, well, somebody's got to pay for the room. They'd reserved a room, and nobody, I was the only one who had any money. So I paid for the room, and when I left Canada, I had $10 to the good, right? So the sure. next time I went, I went out to Texas, and I said, look here, man, I don't charge nothing. I don't charge for these. Give them away. Put a donation in the can. I don't do that. He tried that. Them guys, those guys tried that in Canada, and I said, we just barely had enough to pay for all the expenses we had up there. I'll tell you what. I came home with $500. <laughs> so I don't charge for them. And we gave them away. We gave away the 4,000 books for a donation. If you don't have them, take one, you know. Uh, Absolutely. And uh, some of your videos, I understand, are up on uh, YouTube. So Yes. Uh, uh, many, many people put them up. I don't put them up. I only go, you know, I was called to go to uh, a, a service up in Leesburg, Virginia. And uh, dear sister Luli, she said, Al, you got to go here, Sister Elizabeth. I said, okay, Lou. No, I mean, you've got to go here. I said, oh, okay, okay, I'll go here. Al, you've got to go here, this lady. I said, okay. So I go up there. She's from South Africa. And I'm about 10 minutes into the service. She says, you back there, brother, with that white jacket on. Come up here. 
I've never seen this lady before in my life. She says to me, she says, you love Israel, and you'll be a soldier for Israel. So, oh, okay. And then she says, you love your country, and you've been a soldier for your country. Yes, 31 years. She says, my child, you've got a God-breathed message, but don't go where you're not invited. And I learned the hard way about that, because I've been going where I wasn't invited, you know, and they'd stick a, a spiritual knife in your ribs and twist it. And you try to tell them, get the right Bible, do the right things in the church, okay? And then she said, you shall again see the gates of Jerusalem. So I've been there once in 79, and I have been nine times since. And one of the times was thanks to uh, uh, King Hudi, is that it? What is it called? You've been uh, nine times to uh, to Israel. Ten, really. But the night, one of the Ten nine, times, wow. One time in 79, I went on, I was, I was ready to retire in, in Greece and come to the States. And just we got to stay in the hotel uh, tra- transit lodging allowance, TLA they call it. And so while we were staying in the hotel, I took a week's leave and I went to uh, Israel for 285 bucks, me and my my daughter and my wife. And uh, so I, I went. I've been there one time, and she said, "You shall again see the gates of Jerusalem." So I, okay, she didn't know I'd been there before already when she saw me in 1997. But since 97, I've been nine more times, and one of them was. Uh, courtesy of Davis Motion Pictures. Yeah. Now, Al, you're you have a great love for Israel. That's apparent, and uh, yeah. of course, uh, that's uh, that's wise. You know, the word says in uh, Genesis twelve three. Right. If you bless my people, I bless you. If you curse right. my people, I curse you. So. That's right. Um, we definitely need to get behind Israel. I mean, that's uh, where it's all going to end up, and uh, you know, it's, I saw it's God's country. I fell the day I saw him preaching. He said, "When you pray for Israel." He said, you really pray for the Lord Jesus Christ because he died for them. And if you'll pray for them and pray for the peace of Jerusalem, as Paul commands us, you will yes. pray for the Lord's kingdom. And that's about the most beneficial thing you can do, except fast and pray for the salvation of souls. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, now, you are involved in uh, helping support a ministry over there, uh, Jerry Golden. Yeah, Jerry Golden. Uh, tell us a little bit about uh, what Jerry Golden uh, does over well, there. Well, Jerry... Uh, I can say some of it. Jerry uh, Jerry has a ministry over there, and uh, he has a boat there. And uh, the Jews are going to have to be fleeing Europe pretty soon. France is very anti-Semitic. You're not reading the terrible news in France. It is butchery in France. You just don't read about yeah, it. Yeah, they'll kill you over there if you have a yarmulke hat on. That's right. And I, I warned the folks in New York in 2000, this is the day's coming when you can't wear them yarmulkes on your head. I spoke up there in short at the Hatikva Center in 2000 in July. And uh, Clinton raided that place and shut it down on the 4th of January, 2001, before he left office. Somebody raided oh the place. Goodness. So much for Jewish yes. freedom. So Jerry's got a ministry. And I can tell you what, uh, on all my videos, I say support Jerry Golden's ministry. Uh, we we have a, a plan to move some folks. And I'm not going into detail for fear of compromising the, the basic fundamental foundation. Absolutely. How There's we so it. much you can say uh, without right. compromising right. security. but. Uh, needless to say, there is a uh, second Holocaust coming. Yes. And uh, this time, uh, it's not going to be just the Jews. It'll be uh, Christians and patriots. Yeah. And uh, I know God has put a, uh, a burden on the heart of Jerry Golden yourself. In fact, uh, you also introduced me to the ministry, and uh, I've been a supporter. And uh, I've never uh, been sorry that I got behind it. I, I know that God keeps uh, good accounting records. And uh, right. That's right. He keeps. You know, there's, he keeps there's the a blessing. I just play the game. I just I do what he tells me. That's right. 
you know, get behind Israel, uh, there's a definite blessing that will come because, uh, you know, those are our brothers over there. The greatest Absolutely. You know, uh, people say uh, tithe. Well, I think the I came up with a new way. Uh, I'll tell you how to get a double return, not only tithe, but tithe to uh, Israel. That's right. And then you're going to get the blessing of Genesis 12.3. But uh, right. you know, there is a, a time coming, yeah. uh, terrible persecution. And so uh, yeah. I know that uh, uh, safety for the Jewish people is... Uh, and getting back there, making Aliyah now while they still can, and they still can. Yeah, you need to make Aliyah now, and you need to, because one day we're not going to be able to mail letters to Israel with your checks and whatever. It's not going to work. They're going to shut that down. This this administration is anti-Israel, and they're going to shut that down. Sure. They are going to shut down that, and so, but the Lord has his sources, and, uh, you know, you need to, to help out, do, do what you can do, but the King James Bible is the Word of God, and you better get back to the hymn book. Get back to the hymn book and no other songs do you need to be singing. We brought about the prohibition of alcohol with the authorized version and a hymn book in 1917. And the country hasn't been right since 1971 when these new version Bibles started coming out. So support a, support a ministry that uses the King James Bible and a hymn book. <laughs> well, you know, the church has divorced itself from its roots. Uh, I know yeah. that uh, the church I was raised in, the early Pentecostal church, uh, my grandfathers were uh, Church of God ministers out of Cleveland, Tennessee, Pentecostal. Right. And uh, I remember being raised in there, you know, the blood of Jesus and, uh, right. you know, preaching the word. And you go out of there, uh, you know, saved uh, and yeah. blood washed. Or if you, you worked, uh, you came you in there heard. convicted, you know. Right. You know that, uh, you know, hell's only a a, a blink right. away. And so. Uh, That's right. One breath you know, away. You know, uh, I, I would go in there convicted, uh, but today uh, you go into these churches, uh, they'll give you a, a cup holder at your seat so you can carry your Starbucks in there. Right, and they give you a pen with something in a brochure and, uh, and, 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 and you know, and pass your offering plate, and you go through a little charade. And I'm telling you, folks, I know what church is supposed to be like. I was there in 1945 and 1950. Now, I know that sounds like a long time ago, but it's really not. It's really but a vapor. As Solomon says, your life, your, your, your life is like a vapor. And you guys out there, you don't have much time to think about your souls. If you're not saved and born again, and you don't know what born again means, if I'd ask you, are you saved? And you say, I think so, you ain't saved. <laughs> if you say, Well, you know, today, it's, <laughs> you know. it's like a motivational session, you know, how to be a better you. Uh, right, yeah, that's right. Dale Carnegie and how to be a nice guy and how to influence people, you know. And how to, you know, that's not how, that's not what Christianity is all about, uh, folks. A church is supposed to have been a salvation station for sinners, not a rest place for 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 uh, old folks who are just potting along on the highway of life. You know, it's supposed to be a salvation station for lost souls, a lighthouse. You know, there was a song uh, about uh, let the lower lights be burning, send a beam across the wave, some poor. A uh, seafaring sinner, you may rescue, you may save, you know. And uh, it, it's not about going to church and singing a hymn and hearing a couple uh, messages or a couple of uh, songs or something or, or a little homily and coming home. That's not, that ain't the church. That's not church. That is not Christianity. That That is churchianity. Absolutely. Well, I'm going to roll back the clock a little bit. Uh, okay. Let's uh, let's roll back to the the 80s. Uh, okay. When you uh, became aware that there was something going on behind the scenes, you know, we know it today as a new world order. It's uh, right. everybody using that term now, but uh, you knew that this existed 20 years ago. Um, yes, I knew it. I knew it. Uh, let me think. 
I knew the I knew the basic problem we were having with society in the church in 19 from 1975 until 1985 I discovered in 86 I discovered the problem what's missing in the church and then in 1994 when these thunder helicopters thundered over my house and the Lord woke me and and it, from the first verse in Obadiah so I only got one chapter and it said, there's an ambassador sent into the land of the heathen. That's us, the heathen, okay? Let us rise up against her in battle. Her is a feminine entity. That is the whore of revelation of Rome. Rise up in battle against this monster, first spiritually. You've got to make do the battle spiritually, which is prayer and fasting, and then physically you can make preparations, okay? And I started in 1994. I went on a show in 92 and I got my name out there and people started sending me pictures of stuff. They started sending me pictures and photographs of Russian equipment and all this stuff. I said, man, what's all this stuff doing here? And I, as a communicator, kept a master station log. And so I started keeping a daily diary, sort of like a MSL as we called it, master station log. And I started logging down all this stuff and I had a whole dossier of events and people. We've been seeing foreign troops foreign equipment. I said, what is going on here? And then when the helicopter stunned over, I got the message, you know. So, uh, so we, we heard this term black helicopters. Um, describe your first experience with a black helicopter. Well, what is a black helicopter? Okay. You know, well, when did you is, see you one know, first? You know, Laura Ingram makes fun of that. And uh, we had a guy named William Jasper for the John Birch magazine. He made fun of it. I'll tell you what, folks, on the first or second day of April, I had four Blackhawks come thundering down over my house about 45, 50 feet over my house. It just cleared the tops of the trees. And I saw them go by, and I'm a pilot. I have a pilot's license, and those guys are flying illegal. Uh, what is this? And I was praying. I get up every morning to pray about 3 o'clock, and the Lord woke up, woke me to that chapter, the, jumped out of the page. The Bible opened to Obadiah, the first chapter. You go and read it. You all can see what it is, Obadiah, the first chapter. I've heard a rumor from the Lord, an ambassador sent into the land of the heathen. Well, we are the land of the heathen. We are. Yes, sir. It used to be a Christian nation, but we're not a Christian nation anymore. And let us rise up against her in battle. This ambassador is a feminine entity, and that is the Church of Rome who are, who are running the show. They are running the spiritual end of the New World Order. From the very get-go, they've been around for many years. They're referred to as the Jesuits, the Society of Jesus. And uh, they and I are mortal enemies, and we've tangled several times. And So so you started uh, to see these, uh, these black helicopters, basically unmarked military aircraft. Right. Um, All black. They were real, real prevalent in the Clinton era. I know that... Uh, well, that, that's in 94. That's when I first saw them. And... We had a sheriff over here who got on the on the radio with with Jack McLam, I think it was. Now Jack McLam has turned out to be a little anti-Semitic. Yeah, I went to a uh, conference last year and heard him. He he made four phrases: uh, ADL, JDL, Mossad, and what other one other one. And of course, he slammed all the Jews in the whole world by saying those four phrases. But uh, these um, these choppers are here, and uh, they have. Laura Ingram, uh, the sheriff, the sheriff, Laura Ingram says they're not here. She makes fun of them. But uh, the sheriff got up on radio with Jack McLam and, and badmouthed the U.N. And uh, on the fifth, 
14th day, which is a number from the Bible for deliverance, 14th day of February of 95, he had a Cobra gunship follow him down the road and go past him. And when he got in front of the Wall Motorcycle Shop in Orange, Virginia, the chopper was sitting there, butter, 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 waiting for him. And wow. he and the other guy got out of the car, and that chopper jumped up to the attack position, put the nose down, and went about 100 feet off the ground and made four, three complete revolutions with the nose locked on him. The, the helicopter went, you know, went, he kicked right rudder and went around like a, in a cone-shaped thing, and it kept the, kept the gun locked right on him, see. I called the Pentagon, and I asked, and of course, then the, the thing flew off. And when the sheriff got home, it had uh, hovered over his house and scared the three boys. And so then they had a fellow who was up there watching off Mormon Mountain, and he, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Mormon's Mountain, Mormon, M-O-O-R-M-A-N, Mormon's Mountain. He saw the thing fly from Peter's Mountain, which is a FEMA base five miles away. He saw it take off from there, and it flew back. It must have refueled there. And uh, it was then that we knew that the, the FEMA base, and we knew that the FEMA was involved with this shadow government. I called the Pentagon. I got a hold of a guy named Colonel Hinkle, Army Aviation Directorate, and I said, hey, this chopper, he said, what was the registration number? I said, it didn't have any, because lawmen always look for registration tag numbers. And he said, sure. wasn't ours. And then he says, then he says, and what's, what's more, he says, we, don't, we do not practice that maneuver. We do not practice that nose-down mover going around with the gun locked, with the cannon locked on the guy on the ground. The reason they practice that, uh, yeah. And a lot of people have cited these uh, black military helicopters. Yeah. Who's in the cockpit flying these? Well, they're foreigners. They, they trained them in East, East, East Dover Air Force Base. They started training them way back in 1993 under Clinton. Yeah, are you, are you telling me there. we actually have uh, foreign troops on American soil? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I've talked to them. I can speak five languages. I've talked to these the German guys. They're here for urban pacification operations. They, throw, they, they as good as admitted it. You know, I know that uh, you know, there are these uh, military vehicles being... Uh, Sighted sometimes on uh, railroad cars. Um, you well, know, you're, you're seeing a lot of this all a, over the a, country. What's going on here? Well, they've got these guys. They're putting these guys in position. They're deploying their troops into position. We had them in Jackson. I had an engineer call me. Saw a bunch of them in Jacksonville, Florida. We had them up here in State College, Pennsylvania. These are the most recent sightings in the past month. Uh, State College, PA, uh, Northwest Georgia, and then a, I forget the name of the. Maybe it was uh, it was uh, Tallycott. Teleco, Teleco Pass, North Carolina. They spotted them down there, and of course we had a big exercise here last year with National Level Exercise 09, NLE 09, FEMA Exercise NLE 09, which stated it was going to have Mexican, Canadian, and Australian entities in the mix. They didn't tell us they were going to have boots on the ground with guns, you know. I spotted the Canadians coming down the road in uh, in Opal, Virginia, in the last three days, uh, two weeks early, uh, two months early. They sent these guys here two months early. We started seeing these guys here two months before the exercise, which started on 27 July through the 31st of July 2009. We saw them here almost two months early in Garner, North Carolina, in Andrews, North Carolina, and in Opal, Virginia. We saw them. What's the um, what's the game plan to have uh, foreign troops on American soil? What's the plan? Well, they're going to police. They're, when when this thing goes under and he, Obama or who's ever up there declares martial law, these guys are coming out of the woodwork. And all of you law enforcement officers out there, and by the way, I was a military policeman for 10 months. And then I went into Signal Corps. They put me in the Signal Corps. But uh, well, these guys are going to replace you. 
you are not going to be able to be a policeman in the, under the New World Order under the continuity of government. Americans will have no position of authority. Even these traitors that we have up there now in the, in the White House and in Congress, they think they're going to be a, part of the spoil system and they're going to get the spoils. Traitors are never trusted by the people they work for, and they are not trusted by the people they betray. So you that are serving this bunch, you better wake up because when they get through using you, they're going to put you in the same place they're going to put the rest of the Christians and the Jews because traitors cannot be trusted. And they're fixing to be, they're going to, there's four police programs they, since 1994. Project Harmony, community, community police, cops on the street, and stimulus money cops. There have been four police hiring programs with billions of dollars to pay them. They're paying them with our printed, printed Federal Reserve notes. And it's all, the whole debt is, is upon the people of this country. I've said for years, it's the collateral on this debt is people and property, and it's exactly what it is. They're trying to get your property. They've got a plan to take the property and rewild the earth and kick everybody off into tight little sections and try to make the earth pristine for their, what is, see, they've got the age of Aquarius. The age of Aquarius is Satan's 1,000 years, like the Third Reich was supposed to be 1,000 years. The Fourth Reich, which is coming upon us, they plan to have 1,000 years, and they call it the age of Aquarius. And they want all the resources. That's why all the resources are being put off limits, because they want the resources for their 1,000 years, okay? They want, they, want to, they want to get rid of all the Christians and all the Jews and all the free thinkers who, who, who believe in the Constitution, the patriots who believe in, in, uh, in home, God, and country, they're against anybody who believes in a supreme being and who worships a supreme being, which are the Jews and the Christians. Now, the Muslims... So what we're seeing, basically, yeah. is uh, Bible prophecy fulfilled. I mean, you know, yeah. if we are in the yeah. last days, and I believe we are, then uh, what we've got to see is the emergence of a new world order. Yeah. I know that we've got uh, an estimated 6 billion people on the globe, and the, uh, the new world order elite want to get us down to 500 million. That's right. And I so heard that means Jacques... they've got to kill 5.5 yeah. 5 billion people. Well, Jacques Cousteau, back in the 80s, I heard him in the late 80s, I think it was, he was on a public broadcast, and he said, uh, we've got to reduce the population to 2 billion. To, for sustainability. Wow. Watch out for this term, sustainability. That means get rid of a whole bunch of people so we can sustain the rest of them. Watch out, folks. This, these people have certain terms, and you've got to know what they're doing. Now, what you better be doing is, you, if you're a Christian, you better get out of that bed about 3 o'clock in the morning and say, Lord, wake me up. And you wake up, and you get on your knees someplace, and you start praying. If you don't know how to pray, just start praying, and you'll figure out how to pray if you don't know how to pray. And then you flip open, you just open that King James Bible and look in it, and you'll see that thing talk to you. It will talk to you and give you guidance if your heart is right. And if you are praying diligently, I am the rewarder of those who diligently, of him who diligently seeks me. He doesn't reward anybody who's a slothful shepherd or, or a lackadaisical attitude guy, okay? You have to be purposed, and you set your face as a flint towards Jerusalem, as the Lord would say, I have sent my face as a flint towards Jerusalem, and you have to set your your mind and your heart upon the Lord and say, Lord, what shall I do? Show me what to do. And he will show you if you really mean it. And once he shows you, you got to do it. You can't ask the Lord for, for, for guidance and then not follow it. My goodness, that would be horrendous. So That's right. Uh, right. To him that knows much, much is required. 
Right. Um, and we certainly need to know uh, God's will for our lives, especially in this hour. You yeah. know, with earthquakes, or with this oil spill going on, uh, you know, rumors of war, Iran getting ready to attack. And uh, let me back up a little bit. Uh, you uncovered that uh, there was a shadow government. Yes. Going on yeah, behind totally. the scenes. Uh, what What did you find out? And this is what, what do you okay. mean by I shadow knew, government? I knew for years we had what I had to call the basement cabinet. I knew it was operating because I could see it. I'll give you an example. Mike Ben was a is a lawyer in Dallas. He lives on Wilshire Drive, our Boulevard, Wilshire Drive. He had 17 million signatures to impeach Clinton in 1994. Clinton went over to England and had a press conference, and the first question was, Hey, Mr. President, what about the bloke in Dallas that's got 17 million signatures to impeach you? Clinton made a right face and walked off the platform. You didn't hear about that, but it happened. Two days after he got back, Mike Ben had a chopper butta, 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 over his house. Okay? Now, the next morning, the chopper came back at 6 in the morning, and the poor guy across the street had a reverse floor plan house. And they shot two rockets into that house. Good grief. And they went through the, the what they did. They should have used incendiary rockets, but they used high-explosive penetrating rockets. And those things went through the cheap wood of the house and hit the basement floor, and then they blew up, you know, blew up the water heater, blew up the whole basement in the corner of the basement. I saw the two holes in Linda Thompson's video, America Under Siege. I saw where they went through the roof. Well, the radio come out and said, oh, there was a, a lightning strike on Wilshire Drive or Wilshire, Wilshire Drive, right? Well, now, when you have a lightning strike, a house, it ionizes the TV set. And it goes bonkers. It has to be degaussed. That's the name they call it, degaussed. Well, there wasn't any lightning strike. So somebody, whoever this guy who ran run this operation, he knows that there's no lightning strike. He knows that the TV has not been ionized, so the TV set has to be gotten out of there. So two hours later, up shows a rental truck for the Secret Service, and they pay the guy for the appliances. Now, Mike Ben explained all this. I was on the radio with him, and I heard him. They paid the guy for the appliances and took the TV and all the appliances and went down the road. What happened, folks, was whoever sent the helicopters also had the power to send the Secret Service. So when the helicopter hit the wrong house, a phone call went up to Washington, up to the shadow government and over, and we'll talk about that more in a minute, and over to the Department of the Treasury. Get your Secret Service guys out there with some money. You got a badge. You got a gun. Get out there with a the rental truck and get the appliances out of that house. They so they drove out and took the appliances. The guy was glad to get the money because uh, some of his appliances was blowed up right <laughs> in the basement. Right. Good grief! So uh, he was happy. He didn't know what he didn't know what happened to his house. He still didn't know what happened to his house. The Secret Service guys didn't know. They just been told to go out there and get the appliances. You see how it works? So that's how it. That's whoever sent the helicopters had the power to send the Secret Service from the Treasury Department. That's how it works. And that's how this thing functions and how they, how they do back-channel and across-the-top communications. Now, after the 911 thing, there was a report that Joe Biden had gone in. Or I'm not sorry, not Joe Biden. Uh, Dick Cheney had gone into a bunker with the shadow government. 
Uh-oh, there I heard it. Ollie North referred to it in his book, Under, Under Fire. He referred to it as the parallel government. And, of course, Franklin Roosevelt had a kitchen cabinet, and Woodrow Wilson, the other bad guy in this thing, him and his uh, Edwin Mandel House, Colonel Edwin Mandel House, and his second wife were running the show behind the scenes when Woodrow Wilson was so sick he couldn't even make any decisions. But they've got a shadow government. And, and Tom Daschle, who was a senator in 2001, he was asked, what's the shadow government that we heard about? He says, I don't know. I never heard of a shadow government. Well, you weren't supposed to have a shadow government, but we got one. And uh, George Herbert Walker Bush ran it under Reagan. Hillary Clinton ran it under Bill Clinton. You just read Gary Aldridge's book, FBI, uh, Unlimited Access, FBI Agent in the Clinton White House, Gary Aldrich, and you will see in there that Hillary demanded Al Gore's uh, East Wing or see East Wing office. She didn't get it, but she got the next best set of offices, and she also got domestic policy of the United States. You see, she Good was actually, she was the one who was running the shadow government and uh, behind the scenes and. Polly North is a witness. He said it's called the, the, the parallel government. I called it the basement cabinet until 911. Then I said, uh oh, it's called the shadow government. And so there we have it. And now or another Obama, adjective might be uh, the puppet masters for yeah. the front man. That's right. So uh, there's so, actually a, uh, a parallel government behind the scenes really calling yeah. the shots. What is meant by the term continuity of government? Okay. Well, now this is what happened. In 19, let me see, I don't know if it was 84 or 85, I don't remember whether it was the air staff I was working for or the joint staff, but I was sent So you went to, uh, you went to Vietnam, uh, did tours over there and got out and went to work in civil service? I went to work and I got out of the Army, yeah, I went to work in the Army, civil service. And they sent me over to a FEMA briefing. Now, FEMA was just building up, and I knew the guy. His name was, his, his initials were B.C. He was running the communications for FEMA. I knew the guy from Defense Communications Agency, and they sent me over there. Oh, no. I, I went from the joint staff. I went over there in fall of 85, I believe it was. And I go over there, and I had a code word clearance. I mean, I got a code word above top secret, same as for civilian talk, it's above top secret. And I, they made me sign in, and they, they were escorting me around. I said, what are, you, what are you guys escorting me around for? i got a code word clearance. He said, we do, too. I said, you got a code word clearance for flood and you mean, mud? You're talking FEMA, the flood and mud guys? That yeah, I said, that's what I said. Supposed to respond when there's a hurricane? Yeah, I said, FEMA's got code word clearances for flood and mud? What are they, what are they doing go, with a need on, for us? Hang, uh, hang, <laughs> hang on, I'll tell you. And I got a buddy who worked there. He was a GM-15. I won't mention his name. I knew him in Germany for three years, one of my best friends. He come and got me in, in uh, Kotfig when a car broke down. He come and got me when one of my Christian friends would come get me. They were too busy having a retreat. They couldn't come get us. It was 100 degrees over there. And my kids and we were broke down, and I couldn't get any of my Christian friends to come get me. And this man, he had a Christian wife. He came and got me, and he wasn't even a Christian. He was working there, and I said, what are you doing with these code word clearances? He says, well, I can't tell you. You can't tell me. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Code word clearances is the hide stuff from people. Now, flood and mud, what's so, what, what would be secret about flood and mud plans? I mean, 
have to uh, take care of hurricanes and tornadoes and, and floods, you know? Well, we got those clearances we can't tell you. Well, I said, you're hiding something from the American people. You're hiding something. You're hiding something. It's compartmentalized information. It's called Special Compartment Information, SCI. So I went back, and I called old Paul Leo. Now, Paul Leo's dead and gone on to his Catholic reward, whatever it was. I knew Paul. I talked to him about Jesus. He said, it's called the Continuity of Government Plan. I said, oh, the COG. Yes, COG. They have divided our country into ten sections, just like they divided the world into ten regions, and there's going to be ten kings, like it says in Daniel, or Revelation, rather. And uh, they've divided it up, and they divided the country into ten sections. Now, this is illegal. You cannot divide the country into any, any regions except the 50 states, the several states. You can't do that, but they've done it. They've got Federal Reserve places, and they've got Army, Army, uh, Army areas, and they've got FEMA regions. And uh, I happen to live in the third FEMA region. And uh, they're going, under martial law scenario, they're going to break everything up into these regions. And nobody's going to be leaving the region, period. There's going to be no movement because martial law declared requires you to be stuck in where stuck where you are. No private aircraft, no private transport, right? What does martial law really mean for martial those uh, means, listening right now? Okay, with a martial basic, law means... Lincoln declared martial law during the during the Civil War, or the war between the states, or the war of northern aggression, which whatever you want to call it, which is really what it was. But uh, uh, anyhow, he declared martial law, and that means that anybody caught doing something could be taken and shot, could be thrown in jail. No lawyer, you know, no trial. You don't pass go. You don't collect two hundred dollars. You know, you just go straight to jail, and that's what martial law is. Except, folks. It's not going to be implemented by United States police or constabulary. It's going to be implemented by foreign forces because foreign forces do not believe you should have a Bible. They don't believe you should have a gun. They don't believe you should have two cars in your driveway. Most of them come from poor places like Kazakhstan. There's 75 Kazakhstanis up there in Fairfax County working guard in the courthouse, and they're wearing uniforms and exercising dominions over American people. They're here, and they're going to implement this stuff. They have got palm pilots. They've got all kinds of policemen. I mean, I could go through. I could read. I could punch in here, and I could punch in here and read off. If anybody wants me to punch off, uh, punch in here and click in here, I can click in and read in a couple of seconds here. I can read off uh, the the cops, the, the names of the policemen and their logos, their, their badges, what they say, and or what their tags say or what their logos say on the side of the car. There's about so basically, uh, martial law is a state of emergency declared by executive order by the president. When that happens, all of our civil rights are, are frozen. Are gone, and, and you most people are going to say, well, okay, we've got martial law. And the Christians who don't know what's going on, and the Lord himself knows I have tried my level best to warn them, the Christians are going to... What's going to happen on the first week of martial law, the pastors of these churches are going to get a visit on Saturday night, and they're going to haul him off. They're going to, he's going to have the door busted down. He's going to be hauled off. If he's on the red list, he goes in a red truck, red, red tag truck. He is shot immediately. They're going to haul the pastors off. They're going to haul off a lot of people, the conservative leaders, 
patriot leaders, constitutional guys, Tea Party leaders at this point. And when the people go to church on Sunday morning or Saturday morning, whichever, if, if it's if you if it's the if you're a Sabbath keeper, your pastor's going to be hauled off on Friday night. When you show up on Saturday morning, Sunday morning, hey, where's the pastor? About that time, you see some guys in black uniforms drive up in big truck, trucks and buses. Get in the truck. We'll take you to the pastor. Get in the truck now. And you will get in the truck, and you will soon join your pastor. And I'm telling you, folks, I've been doing this now for 16 years, warning people. And you've been, some bunch of people have been giving me the dumb look and been giving me the glad hand and been paying me lip service. The Lord as my witness. This is coming to America I can turn around here on my computer and I can read off the names of the cops and the names of these policemen, where they're located, and what their logos on the back of their uniforms say. If you want me to do it, Bruce, I'll do it, but that's up to you. But anyhow, so let me kind of pull this together. A, a time uh, is coming, mm-hmm. not to very distant future, right. where uh, some crisis is going to be created. Right. And then uh, the president is going to... Uh, issued a decree that uh, we are now in martial law, which means that uh, right. all human rights are suspended. Nobody freedom there. of press, freedom of religion, assembly, and then it's ruled by military. It's controlled by military. Well, most Americans think it's going to be our U.S. guys. Wrong. Most of our troops are overseas. We're deployed in over 178 countries right now. There, ain't, there aren't, many peop- aren't many of our own people home guarding the store. Most of the combat troops will be overseas, in fact, all of them will be sent overseas before this goes. They will figure a way to get them all overseas, you know. And uh, I suspect they're going to have this treaty for hand, this handgun treaty, where they're going to try to ban all the weapons in the civilian hands. Once they pass that, once Hillary Clinton gets this treaty declared and Obama and the Congress, the Senate sign up, ratify it. If they ratify it, and if the Republicans don't get on a stick, you know, they'll ratify it, and then guns become illegal, and then if you use one, you become the criminal. Okay. Well, that's their goal. If they can uh, disarm America, right? Because there's an estimated 100 million uh, guns. Last time I heard in America, then um, there's nothing standing in the way from a tyrannical ruler from coming in and uh, having his way. Now, we know from history, any time a populace were disarmed, what came next? You know, uh, people that did not agree with the government. That's right. They were rounded up. They were sent to concentration camps and exterminated. That's right. And uh, you know, that's the reason the Second Amendment was put in place, so that uh, we would have a check and balance against anybody that might get elected and flip out and say, hey, right. I'm going to become a, a dictator, and you're going to do what I say, or That's right. you know, you're going and to die. Then, but most Americans don't realize these foreign cops are here. I've talked to them in Germany. I ran into 200 German troops coming into Dulles Airport, and I asked, I saw the two guys, the two leaders were two lieutenant colonels in civilian clothes, and I was talking to them, talking and talking. We were talking along in German and English. They spoke fluent English, man. And uh, I said, hey, you guys are here for training, right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. And I said, yeah, that's right. We're here for training. I said, okay. I said, um, and you're also here to see if Americans will serve under German command, right? Silence. Uh-oh. And then I said, and you're here for urban pacification operations, door-to-door, right? He looked at me. He wouldn't answer me. I said, good Tag, mein help. And I saluted him, and off I went. Now, Al, you speak a number of foreign languages. What languages do you I can, speak? Formally? I can converse in German, Italian, Greek, and Spanish. And I can write in German and Italian. Well, man, that comes in help handy then. You could be in a place, and uh, yeah. <laughs> they're yeah. talking. They have no idea that you understand what they're saying. 
and I can recognize uh, as in that case. Let me tell you something. Um, we had some uh, tapes that were done out in in Iowa near Des Moines, and there were Russians using the FEMA VHF channels, so they recorded them and gave, sent them in here. Well, I grabbed a tape out of the library, and for six weeks I listened to Russian, okay, a Russian language tape. And I started hearing a bunch of words that I could understand. And I can understand a whole bunch of words because once you've learned one or two, three, four languages, you can pick up on a whole bunch of stuff, right? And I was in Israel, and it may have been 2006 when we went. I saw a guy in a, up on Ben Yehuda up there. He was buying Israeli uniforms, paratrooper uniform. He was buying oh. a Israeli captain paratroop uniform and all the other stuff that goes with it and a bunch of other sweatshirts and stuff. And then he got on the cell phone to ask some instruction about who he was talking to, about what he was doing, I guess. And then he, I heard him say, Belshoyos Pasibo. Belshoyos Pasibo. Now, it wasn't exactly like I'd heard it on a Russian tape, but it was close, okay? And I said, hey, Drasvotitovarish Atkurovi. I said, hey, hello, comrade, where are you from? He said, "Oh my goodness!" He says, "I'm a Latvian paratroop commander." I said, "What? A Latvian paratroop commander?" Yeah. He told me in English. So being able to hear him say those that Belshoyos Pasibo in Russian, it was a little bit accented. He may have not been. That wasn't his mother tongue. I don't think he was speaking to a Russian. Maybe okay. And he used the word Belshoyos Pasibo, and I thought he was a Russian. But then he said, "No, I'm from Latvia." And uh, he was buying Israeli uniforms. What for? And he was. He said, "I'm a, no." I said, "Where were you?" He said, I'm a, "He said I'm a paratroop captain from Latvia." And he was down there in Israel buying Israeli uniforms. What are they going to use them for? I think they're going to use them like the Germans did at the Battle of the Bulge, come in there in oh Israeli goodness. uniforms, right, and cause havoc in the ranks, at the, havoc in the at the front, you know, like they did at the Battle of the Bulge in the Ardennes forest. Like like uh, Otto Skorsky, Otto Skorsky, uh, Colonel Otto Skorsky did it for Hitler, and Hoekom uh, Pfeiffer. So let's break this down for the listeners. Uh, yeah. In order to have a new world order, a, right. a one world global government, right. global currency, right. with the Antichrist at the uh, the top, right. then you've got to uh, destroy uh, nation sovereignty. Yes, you've got to destroy They cannot bring in a global one world order unless they take down America first. Well, and if you divide the country into ten sections, you have bro- you have broken up the sovereignty. That's okay, the so the way you do that is you destroy the uh, the economy. Yep. You first, uh, yep. let the borders stay wide open and cause havoc. Yep. Cause and then fear. when a civil war breaks out, which a lot of people are talking about is imminent, right? Uh, you know they're disgruntled with uh, what's going on. Yeah. Uh, you know promises that have been made have been broken. And uh, when this thing breaks out, then that uh, basically uh, is a ripe environment for a martial law to be kicked in. And then if you're going to uh, declare martial law, you've got to be able to control the populace. So that's why they're, they've pre-planted these all, foreign all troops. troops. And most people here don't know about that. They think, well, if we're going to martial law, okay, fine, martial law. You know, we're Americans. We, want, we, we all love each other, and we're not going to have a problem. Well... What you don't know is it's not going to be your police force that's doing the policing. Your okay, because we know that for them to take control, they're going to have to send people to do house-to-house search and seizure. They are. And, uh, you know, and, and I had heard some years ago, 
that uh, one of the questionnaires for Marine recruits down at Camp Lejeune was if the commander-in-chief were to declare uh, private ownership of weapons uh, to be illegal, and you were ordered to go house to house and round them up, and a, uh, a door opened and an American refused to give you uh, the firearm, you were ordered to fire, would you fire? Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, they, uh, they, I think it would be they, very they, hard. They had that questionnaire at 29 Palms many years ago, and yep. a, a, about at least 25% of them said they'd shoot. Now, they re, they train these Marines, folks. Um, they're training them to be robots. They are training them to be they have a very bunch. They have a phrase, "outstanding, sir." They have a they have a set up bunch of phrases. They teach them, and they are teaching them to be automatons or or rob, almost robotic and respond to a situation without even being questioned. You will obey all orders. Well, that's not true because the the, the military code of conduct. I'm sorry, the the UCMJ Universal Code of Military Justice says you will not obey no you do not obey illegal orders you know you do, you're not allowed to obey illegal orders and of course most soldiers don't know what a legal order is at this point because they aren't being told that anymore what an illegal order is you know you just they're being told you will obey whatever order the officer gives you and if you're not taught so, different at home if you ain't taught different at home by your mother or your pastor or your school teacher you'll do it you know but they also know that uh you know the shadow government knows that uh when they uh, try to pull this thing that uh, Americans are going to have a hard time firing an American. So for that reason, they want to bring in foreign troops because a foreigner would have no problem pulling the trigger on an American. They didn't have any problem burning Waco down. They burned Waco down, folks. It wasn't done by the United States government. It was done by foreign troops from Fort Hood, Task Force 6, Partnership of Peace Troops out of Fort Hood. I can tell you the whole story about that one day. I know all about it. Well, we'll have to do a whole program on just on Waco. Um, So there's probably people listening to say, hey, Al, Bruce, you are crazy. There's not any foreign troops on American soil, but uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Al. We have at least one, maybe two Luftwaffe okay, air bases. Exactly. That's what I was thinking about. Very quickly. What's going on there? They had a squadron of Luftwaffe uh, C-160 transols. They looked like two-engine C-130s. They were, they were they were marked with night crosses, and they're flying all over the eastern part of the country. They're flying logistical support to the U.N. troops. They're based at Dulles. They were based at Dulles in 96, 97, 98, 99. And I took pictures of them, and I put them on those videos that Stan Johnson and we did. And I come out of one day riding a shuttle, and the guy says to me, Hey, we, he looks at my Vietnam hat, and he says, he had World War II hat on. He says, at least we won our war. I said, oh, you did, huh? Okay, he was really being snotty to me, and I said, well, look. I said, if you won your war, I said, what's that C-160 transol out there taxiing across the runway oh. out there? What's it doing with that nice cross on the back on our runway if you won your war? He looked out there. I said, all you got to do is take the tips of those nice crosses, and you got a SWAT sticker. So you're <laughs> telling me we've got actual... He'd have an answer. Foreign military bases on American soil, and these things are... If you step on them, it's like stepping into Germany, right? That's right. They, well, they own Germany, the property, correct? The, mili- the German military rep has a German flag flying the U.S. flag, and in the middle of it is another flagpole empty. That's going to be for the U.N. flag. They've got a German uh, red, yellow, red, yellow, and black, a red, yellow, and black guard shack right there painted like a typical German guard shack would be in Germany, you know, with, with, with the gates that go down, you know, the two folding arm gates that come down. Oh, my goodness. They have yes. got that at Dulles Airport, the German military rep. Yeah, they got them. Okay, so we've got uh, at least uh, two German Air Force Base American soil. 
people are spotting um, Russian troops yeah. uh, all around the country. Yeah, uh, I heard just the other day that the American government brought in 17 Afghans, gave them top-secret clearances. They could go anywhere they want on the military bases, etc. And then all 17 went AWOL, unaccounted oh. for. Well, yeah, they went AWOL on purpose because they're going to be they're going to be uh, agents provocateur. Okay, like so we've got basically like Go ahead. we've got nationalities from all over the world already prepositioned yes. here in American right. soil for when absolutely. they uh, absolutely it's already done. They are here. They are in place. They have their weapons. They have their tanks. They have the, the bridges have been reinforced. They have done all the stuff. It's all in place, ladies and gentlemen. The Lord is my witness. I kid you not. What you don't know won't hurt you. It will kill you. And I'm reading General Prather's sign right off my screen here. Yep. So what happened um, years ago? Uh, tell us a little bit more about the uh, the red and blue list. Uh, well, who the uncovered red and blue that? List, the Germans had. I read a book in 1994 by Heinz Hone called the Sea. The Death's Head, the story of Hitler, the Death's Head, in other words, Skull and Crossbones, the Death's Head, the story of Hitler's SS. It's put out by a German company in 66. I picked it up one day and bought it for two bucks. Didn't even want to buy it. The Lord said, buy it. I started reading in there. They had a blue list and a red list and a, a green list in Germany on the night of the Long Knives, June 30th, 1934. The SS went out. And rounded up the SSA, which is the stormtroopers in their brown uniforms. They were a bunch of thugs. I mean, well, SS was too. But they had been pitting the propaganda ministry. Joseph Goebbels had been pitting the the brown shirts against the military officers, the colonels and generals who had the keys to the German armories, the the weapons. Okay, they went out that night at midnight. They rounded up the brown shirts. They went and shot all the German officers. They killed them and summarily executed them on spot. Shot them in the head with bullets. Sometimes they're wise, oh too. They shot them, and the SS did it, and they come up the next morning. The SS had taken over the whole country. What's going to happen here? They are pitting Americans against Americans, just like at Waco. Americans were pitted against Americans down there when that thing started. But the FBI agent on the range at Quantico told us, we didn't do that down there at Waco. We were backed off on the 49th day, and somebody came in with tanks and guns and set that place on fire and shot that place up. We didn't do it. So, well, you know, uh, let's talk about Waco for a minute. Uh, Koresh, David Koresh, yeah. would jog down every day for exercise and have an ice cream at the ice cream shop. Well, they didn't want him. And, uh, well, the deal was, Bruce, there's two power, There's two kinds of power, the Bible and guns, okay? David Koresh had both. They had to demonize Bibles and guns and religious people, right? And so they did. They picked on Koresh. And the, you, the BATF went in there, and all four of them guys got killed. The four BATF guys got killed. They were Clinton's bodyguards the year before in his presidential campaign. They had been promoted up to BATF. They got all four killed. It's another long story. They got killed. Well, yeah, Koresh goes up uh, to answer the door, and uh, he had no sooner opened the door, they started firing on him. Right, and so... So, I mean, what are you going to do? You're not going to protect yourself? Uh, well, that's you know, right. He had a right to protect himself. That's right, and what they did was they were... They wanted to demonize guns and Bibles, and he had both, guns and Bibles. That's where the power is at. Spiritual power comes out of a Bible. Physical power comes out of a gun barrel. So they have, they killed two birds with one stone, and after, on the 49th day, there's a secret circuit from Brussels to every head of state in the world, and then one goes right to the White House, and we won't say more than that. 
they told the White House, okay, we've got troops at Fort Hood. You back, you Reno, you back off the FBI half a mile. We're sending in the PFP troops, and we're going to go down there and, and take care of that place. And those guys went down there and burned up those 17 kids and all the rest of the people in there. And Americans will not burn up 17 kids. And Richard Schweier was the FBI agent in charge before the Waco hearing committee that was uh, Sonny Bono raised Kane and wanted to have something done about. He was sitting there and made fun of Reno, and they finally took him out. But uh, the yeah, he was trying to get the, down to the the truth of it. Yeah. Uh, at this committee, that, uh, if they wanted Koresh, they they could have easily picked him up at the ice cream shop. But it wasn't about that. It was about uh, setting demon, a precedent, demonizing a setting a precedent, demonizing guns and Bibles. And Richard Schwier said, no FBI agent fired around that day, and it's true. His men did not. They were half a mile back. How are they going to shoot anybody? They weren't going to shoot. It wasn't. That's it. See, the, and what they had done, they had pitted Americans against Americans. See, but what yeah. happened when the chips stopped falling? In they sent the the bad guys. They sent in the foreign troops. That's what they're planning on doing all across the country when they can get the Americans shooting each other. When they can get the FBI, the BATF, and all those guys attacking these patriots out there. Like my friend out in West Virginia, he's he's well, he's not my friend anymore, I guess, because. Uh, he's trying. He's going. He's going really. He's really going right wing on this thing, and uh, he's he's pulling in these right wingers, and he's he's supposed to be a Christian, but yet he's calling in these these right wingers come in there, and these anti-Semites are coming in on the right wing of the thing, and he's going to get a bunch of people killed. I said, you don't want to. You don't. You're not in. I said the FBI agents are just like myself, working to get your pension and get retired. You, it's not them that you're after, you big dummy. You let them leave them alone. You gotta wait. You gotta. You gotta stand back and wait for the foreign troops to come in. They're the one that's gonna shoot you and cut your breast, cut the breast off of your wife, and and castrate your husband to make you recant your your faith in Christ. And that's gonna happen, folks. I got a testimony from Brother Bob. He saw it in a vision, and I got 21 pages of of what's gonna happen one of these days, and it's already starting. So wake up out there. And smell the coffee, as my wife's pastor says. Smell the coffee and find out what's going on, because they are fixing to haul a bunch of people off who are on the red and blue list. Red list can be picked up at any time. Blue list can be picked up after martial law is declared. And they got green and yellow lists also, and that's another long story. But they got How did you all find out that uh, the red and blue list existed? What was the story behind well, that? Well, it was in the book. First of all, it was in the book, right? In the book I read. The Germans had a yes. red, blue, and green list. Next thing yes. you know, next thing you know, uh, FBI agent came down to a fellow named Steve over here in Richmond and says, "Hey, Steve, a CIA agent guy interrupted, uh, intercepted this list. It's a Region Three blue list." And he says, "My oh. name's on it." And he says, "He oh my gave goodness. it. He gave it to me." And he, Steve looked at it, and Steve found his name on it. He found his father's name, his stepson's name on it. He found uh, Richard's name on it, and he found Jim's name on it, and that's the only ones he recognized, right? It was a Region 3 blue list. It was the blue list for Region 3. And I sat down. So uh, a guy who worked for the agency actually uh, came across the list, he found his name on it. <laughs> oh, my the goodness. The foreigners, what happens is this. The CIA and the NSA guys are intercepting the communications of the guys in the New World Order, Okay. They have to use commercial communications, and when they do it, they're subject to intercept, okay? Sure. And they've got some guys up there who were running intercepts, and they caught this. What is this? And they printed a list out. 
And the CIA guy looks at it and he sees his FBI buddy's name on there. You know, he just knew him down the street. He says, hey, your name's on his list. And this guy is just a conservative FBI agent. He said, what am I doing on the list? And then he saw Steve's name. He took it to Steve. And Steve saw some other names. And we knew then the existence of the blue list. Okay? And that's when Steve Quayle got a call from a FEMA contract programmer who discovered there were 6.2 million American names on red and blue lists on FEMA computers. He went to work on FEMA computer. And there's a way they sneak them in, they bring them in to do that so they don't know where they are. And he says, there are 6.2 million Americans back in 1996 on the blue and red list. So Quayle and I broke the story on this red and blue list way back in 1995. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Okay, so let's uh, let's say that uh, someone's name is on this list, martial law is declared. What goes down after that? Well, the way we understand it, they're gonna, the, the blue list got six weeks to be picked up. And okay. I, got, I, sat so, down, I sat down today with the guy named Richard, who was on that blue list in, 1990, in 1996, right? He was on the list, and I sat down with him today and talked. He's, he's, a, he's nothing but a conservative businessman. He's a very conservative businessman, though, okay? Now, he's not a, a flaming, uh, flag-bearing uh, uh, like I am. And Steve Quayle, he's not doing what Quayle and Jones and me and a few others, or a bunch of others are doing, but he's on the blue list. So as soon as martial law is declared, man, he better hide. He better hide his hat and whatever else he wants to hide. He better get out of sight. But well, you know what? I wonder if that's tied in with uh, what Acorn's been doing. You know, uh, people have been uh, reporting that uh, they get uh, knocks on the door or they see somebody out outside. Uh, yeah. From putting, um, putting stickers on a mailbox. From the Census Bureau, and what they're right. doing is they're taking GPS coordinates right GPS, up to the property. They come around and. I filled it out. They only had about ten questions on it. Okay, they they put the word out it was going to be three or four or five six pages, you know, and and really got everybody scared. And that and now that I think about it, okay, that was part of the ploy. They had all these eight pages you had to fill out, and they were only filling them out. When they show up, they just want the name, who's who lives there, and uh, if you own the house. The goal is to find out uh, who is where, get their actual GPS coordinates. Right. When the martial law goes down, they're going to implement the red and blue list pickups. That's now, right. And let's just say I'm on the list. Uh, I'm sleeping. All of a sudden, my door gets busted down at 4 a.m., and I'm shuttled off into a white van. Where could I expect to go at that point if I'm picked up? If you're on the red list, they're going to take you and execute you immediately. Oh my goodness! No, what is this? On the blue list, they're going to take you and pump you for every piece of document evidence they can get, and then they're going to execute you. Okay, so what is the FEMA concentration camps we've all heard so much about? Well, there's been there's been oh, okay. When when a person hears the word concentration camp, right? They think of a German type barracks like Auschwitz. Okay, that's what they think about. But that not does not necessarily the actual. That's a, that's not that's a stereotype. But any fence, anywhere there's a fence with a with a hardened building inside, like we've got a lace factory down the street here, that they put a fence around. The lace factory closed down. It's a concrete building with no windows in it. They built a fence around it for the movie shooting that they did, and then they've got this right in this county. They got this big fenced-in place. And they got a concrete building in it, 
that's a detention center for this county, but nobody thinks of what it is. One pass around that outside fence with a concertina wire, one pass around the inside with a concertina wire out of the back of a truck, and you've got a ready-made, quote, concentration center. Like something out of World War II, uh, no, Auschwitz, you know. Well, well that, but it doesn't have to look like that. It doesn't look like Auschwitz. It looks like, it looks like the lace factory. But it's got a fence around it now. Who put the fence around it? Well, the next guy put the fence around it, the, the movie shooting company. But now, right in this county, we've got a full-fledged detention center with, uh, for concentrating prisoners in one spot. And that's what a concentration camp actually means. It, does, it doesn't, it's not, doesn't have to be wooden barracks that looks like Auschwitz or, or Buchenwald or, or uh, Ravensbrück, you know. All it has to have is a fence around it and some kind of a... In fact, up in New Jersey, they've got pins. They've got pins up there where they drop you in with a helicopter. There's no gates on them. There are no gates oh. on the thing. They just drop you in there and let you starve to death. The bottom line is these camps have been sighted all across the yes. the country, and a lot of them I hear are on actual military reservations, so That's access true. is kind of limited. But, and, and sometimes but the, you see a green sign. It'll say FCI. Federal oh. Correctional Institute. Just because, it, well, you know, it says federal, oh, well, that's just a prison for prisoners. No, the thing's empty. The thing's empty, folks. You just go check it out. You'll find out there's a couple of deputies there uh, or trustees keeping the place operate, keeping the place warm or keeping the place cleaned up, and they're empty. The ones I went to were empty. The four I visited back in 94 or 95 were empty, and they had a sheriff's department from 80 miles away from a different county for caretaking them. You know, Henrico Regional Jail East is in New Kent County, 80 miles away from Henrico County. And it's got Henrico deputies man the thing. Well, the people who live in Henrico, in uh, in New Kent County, oh, that ain't for us. That's that that's for Henrico people. That's for Henrico, that's for Henrico County crooks, right? No, it's for anybody who lives in the area. That's who that's for. They have got everything so cleverly. Uh, the word is deception, you know, by way of deception. Everything is done by deception, brother. Everything's been done you know, by deception. Satan likes to deceive people and That's conceal right. the truth, but right. uh, you know, God makes a way that uh, you know He'll pull the blanket off of it, and we'll catch glimpses of you know what's actually going on. For example, um, maybe a lot of people remember the Ollie North hearings. Yeah. Well, if you go back and look at some of that, um, when he was being grilled, Jack one of the uh, okay, that's right, and he basically said, "Hey, I read this article about uh, continuity of government and, and concentration camps." Um, and all of a sudden, and Senator that, uh, Noy, yeah, he says, "What's all about that?" And Senator Noy, from, in a way, from Hawaii, cuts in and says, uh, "You can't talk about that. That's executive session." Okay. In a way, was an American hero got his arm shot off with the uh, 442nd. I think it was a 442nd Infantry Regiment, Infantry Infantry Regiment, which was formed up of Japanese Nisi soldiers from west, the West Coast, Hawaiian. He happened to be a Hawaiian. Uh, was he went in there, and he was a world. He was a World War II hero, and he's involved in this thing. He is now sold out, and he's involved in this thing. Yet it was found out that uh, Ollie North actually was involved in uh, Rex 84 and Operation Garden Plot. 
That's right. Which were the, the plans together, to build containment camps right. on American soil, and then in a state of martial law, round people up uh, to be incarcerated. Now, and that's why North, um, North knew there was a parallel government. <laughs> oh boy! Now you know people probably laughing and say, "Well, I don't believe that exists." Well. Let me put it like this. Uh, if you find yourself picked up and you go to these camps, you usually don't come out, do you? It's like one way in, no way out. I mean, look at what happened during Katrina. Right. Uh, the, the people who did not take the warning and, and get out of town while they still could, they hung around until uh, they were given the opportunity to go into the Superdome. Right, and they were stuck. And I, I remember seeing the people in line, and, you know, they were happy. You know, I'm going in to... Uh, you know, have a place to sleep tonight. I'll get some food. Yeah, but when they got in, they there, got in. They didn't get out. It, they didn't get out, and it was it was terrible conditions, and it stunk, and they, there was no sanitation because they went. They got people were getting in. raped in there. Uh, right. People up. were murdered. Yeah. Uh, I remember hearing the reports that uh, if you tried to leave once you got in, uh, they would shoot you. So I'm you know, sure you were threatened. Don't even try to. Some of those people get out. There was a couple. 2,500 of them they couldn't find never came back. Some of them went to a, a camp up in in Oklahoma, a Baptist. The Baptist camp offered their facilities. They took them up there, and there were state troopers around the outside, you know, guarding the gate of this camp. But inside was guys yeah, in were. black uniforms, and the state troopers didn't know who they were. They had, those guys in black uniforms had federal ID cards, and they speak idiomatic English, and they're foreigners. It's yeah, happening. Lord, you know, so those guys, happened. they went in seeking help, but they never... Uh, got out. Uh, some of them. We still don't know where some of those people are. They run. They they practiced. They practiced and they practiced and it was oh man. We could talk. I mean Bruce, the the briefing that I do have done in 120 cities, 32 states, and six countries takes takes from two to 17 hours with 130 slides. And of course the videos that we did, those three DVDs we did, I didn't show a lot of pictures, but I did on the Prophecy Club videos. And I've put different pictures on different videos. I have put different pictures on all those different videos. Um, and it, it's, folks, you have to see it to believe it. And then even then you won't believe it. You will not believe it because you've been so psyched out by the television set and by the propaganda machine that's coming out of New York City. Uh, the four networks putting out the same five stories on 6 o'clock news or 7 o'clock news. The same five stories are in the newspaper the next morning. The same identical stories. Let's take it to the current then, Al. Basically, there's a plan afoot to destroy America, beginning yep. with its economy, to basically merge us uh, in with Mexico and Canada. That's right. Uh, I heard that uh, Northcom, which is uh, covers, I guess, uh, United States, Canada, yeah, uh, basically has a plan. Uh, that during martial law, they'll bring in foreign troops. In fact, I remember Rumsfeld. Yeah, he said we Secretary them. of Defense Rumsfeld. He said he said if uh, if it happens, we will br- have we won't blink an eye about uh, bringing in foreign troops to do peacekeeping missions on American soil. He said, and now Bush even said it too. He said we'd use foreign. I'm troops. hearing a new term, a new code name. Um, it's going around right now on the internet called Operation Swift Fox. Let's talk about the oil crises. Uh, there's reports going around that. Uh, this thing is so bad, <clears throat> and of course, uh, people will be arrested if they go down and try to, to film some of this. Because I understand BP, uh, in conjunction with the Coast Guard, is just trying to keep uh, the real truth from surfacing. But not only is oil coming out, but other toxic chemicals like benzene. There's all and kinds there's of word stuff coming out. 
there's word spreading that uh, they're monitoring the levels, but they're going to use this to basically force people to relocate and go to some of these camps. Is that true? That's a great possibility. And, you know, A.A. Allen had a vision back in 1954. He was an evangelist, and he was up in New York, and he, he saw this vision when he looked through this pair of binoculars. He saw Lady Liberty standing in the Gulf of Mexico. And she started to choke on the fumes, and she fell into the gulf, and she tried to get up, and she crashed and drowned in the gulf. She died. Our liberty oh my goodness. died in the gulf, and our liberty is going to die with this oil spill because they're going to parlay this thing into whatever they need to bring about what we're talking about. What do you think really happened? Um, what's, what's your gut telling well, you? Well, I know you heard that, that caused the, it? Modus, the modus operandi of the New World Order is blow something up, shoot something down, and blame somebody else. Now, it wouldn't be hard for me, Bruce, to come down to where you live and shoot you, okay? That would be 10% of the problem. That's easy. But to frame and blame somebody else so I wouldn't get caught, see, that's the hard part. And that's what they're doing. Now, when this thing went off, Obama had just said, he, he'd been for, when, he, he said during campaign, we need, to do, we need to get alternative energy sources. So he ain't going to drill. Well, all of a sudden, he says, I'm going to issue an order so we can drill. I said, wait a minute. I'll believe that when I see it. I will believe that when I see it. Well, guess what? They won the moratorium on oil drilling, and they got it. Now, it's been countermanded by the judge, but they, they, boom, the next thing you know, boom, the thing blew up. They thought they was going to have a little bit of oil. Then they got a monstrous amount of oil. And now there's no oil drilling, no oil drilling, no oil. They've got what they wanted. They got what they wanted, no oil drilling, because they want to save the resources for the age of Aquarius, the thousand years of the devil's kingdom. He's trying to supplant Jesus in his kingdom. Well, that ain't going to work, but he don't know it. But he's still trying, and he's working on it right now. So, But now they've got a bigger mess than they expected. And this is apocalyptic. You folks look in Revelation 8.8, 8, and you'll find it. It says oh, one-third of the fish are going to die, and the fish are already dying. The fish are already dying, and it's bad, folks. They're not telling us the whole story, and the, uh, the CEO of BP is not going to admit because if he admitted that there was an attack or an explosion or a sabotage, he wouldn't be able to collect any insurance money from Lloyds of London, who they're probably insured with, okay? And the Russian Navy which is called, uh, they, have a, they have a magazine called Northern Fleet. And they come out and said it was done by a strategic asset, you know, a, uh, uh, which was a North Korean ship had sailed from Cuba with a mini-sub in tow, and the mini-sub torpedoed the thing. Well, that, that's the second story. So that, that, that story covers the guys on the Internet. See, they're watching the Internet for the, for the, for the, for the real truth. And so that covers... Well, that's not a far stretch, because... You there? Built by a South Korean construction company. And uh, people say, well, I don't believe that. Well, it's not a far stretch when we've all seen in recent weeks um, the attack that North Korea did on a South Korean ship. Right. They right. torpedoed it, right? Well, they used that, they used that sea to throw us off guard, to throw us off the track of what really happened. There was also a, a story which is even more feasible, plausible, is that the last shuttle boat out from, from Louisiana, from the port, Sulphur, 
that came out to the platform had a strange crew on it, and they didn't know who they were. And they could have set a charge and blew the thing up. And, oh, my goodness. Uh, they, they could have. But it, that thing was blown up, no doubt about it. Just like the World Trade Center didn't happen like they said. TWA didn't happen like they said. Waco didn't happen like they said. Oklahoma City didn't happen like they said. Vince Foster didn't die like they said. Admiral Border didn't die like they said. Value Jet didn't crash like they said. American 587, that went down up there on the 12th of November 2001. It didn't go down like they said. Swiss Air didn't go down like they said. And Egypt Air didn't go down like they said, okay? The four bridges that blew up out over the past three years and blown up in our country didn't go down like they said. The towers didn't go down like they said. There were We've had four, three chemical plant explosions. Boom. We've had four, three refineries explode. We've had one... We've had one fertilizer plant explode. We've had a, a sugar plant explode. Folks, these things just don't explode. Come on now. Well, and look at what comes on the heels of all these. Hmm? Let's go back uh, to the Oklahoma City bombing. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we can spend several shows just oh, to yeah. prove uh, what, what really happened. But you look at what happened after that. Uh, they passed the Digital Wiretap Act. Right. Which gave right. the government ability to do more stooping. They couldn't get it passed through Congress. They passed let's it fast forward ten o'clock at night. Let's yeah, fast forward to the uh, World Trade Center. That happens, and they pass a five hundred page Patriot. body of law called the Patriot Act, which was written by. Which the there's president. no way in in heaven that you could write five hundred pages. No, but it within think, days. It, a think tank wrote it, and it was a Jesuit think tank, and a Jesuit priest wrote it, and they hate it. They hate our guts. <laughs> and you know what? The, all these congressmen were forced into signing it. They had not even read it. That's right. And Sign then that opened the door for Patriot Acts 1 and 2. Yep. All these laws, uh, bit by bit, strip American citizens of their liberties. That's the goal. And what the government takes away, you don't get back. Well, when that bridge went okay. down, that, when that bridge went down I-35 in Minneapolis-St. Paul, when it went down over the river, right, they passed a massive spending bill for bridges. To reinforce bridges and build roads, and that, that they're using that money to build that highway, the NAFTA highway from Texas to Canada. <laughs> yeah, it's one scam after another. That's a uh, that's an invasion highway. Yeah, when there were uh, four bridges go down, and three bridges went, two bridges went down. He said gasoline did it. Gasoline will you know, not melt steel, and it didn't come down that way. <laughs> you know. No, the, if we're talking about the World Trade Center, the uh, the steel girders they were. Uh, they were forming pools of molten metal yeah, at the base. Molten metal, it was Jet fuel right. does Jet not fuel. burn hot enough to melt steel, yeah. which requires Jet, about 3,000 degrees. Well, jet fuel burns at 560 maximum Celsius. Mild steel melts at yep. 1,100. And chrome-molybdenum alloy steel melts at 1,600. There ain't no way in the world any, gas, any, any jet fuel melted anything that day. It was done by I think it was hot enough to do it, though. Thermite charges. Thermite with, with sulfur is called thermate, and it did. And, of course, Dr. Stephen Jones proved it, and he said, for for two days I sat out there in L.A. and saw that demonstration by 20-some people, and 20 hours, of, in, 20 hours of, of instruction we had, and it was not done the way the government told us. I can tell you right Well, what now. they found is they found military-grade thermite in the rubble. That's right. You know, the, what rubble was left? If you look at what happened at uh, Oklahoma and World Trade Center, yeah. the first thing they did is they cordoned off the area, and they tried to uh, clean up the mess as quick as possible. And in the case of most of the rubble, it was shipped back over to China, I heard. And they burned it. So you can't get at the evidence. 
And Oklahoma City was it was put deep sixth in a in a in a uh, landfill and a 24-hour guard and a fence put around it. 24. My buddy over here, a Mormon, uh, Mormon, a Mennonite fellow went out there and saw it. It was under 24-hour guard, but but they did get some molten metal and they found that there was sulfur yes. and sermate in it. And Stephen Jones. There was enough evidence. Yeah. And then let's uh you know that doesn't even uh, let's only talk about World Trade Center Building Number Seven, which down. wasn't even hit. It went down. And Larry Silverstein, yeah. I saw with my own eyes, heard with my own ears him say that uh, we pulled that building. It wasn't even a building because it was dangerous. We had to pull it. Well, you can't wire a bullet, a building for, for controlled demolitions in eight hours. Impossible. Impossible. They did it in eight hours. Those buildings were brought down as beautifully as any uh, casino that That's they're right. ready to retire in or Las Vegas. Or any ballpark, any old ballpark, or any... Any uh, major building it had taken down, and it fell right down, came right on down. The sad part is over 3,000 mailroom clerks, secretaries, right, uh, personnel like that died that day, and everybody else was warned not to come into work. And it's, it isn't it interesting that not one dignitary died in the collision. It was just uh, right. you know, the average workers. All the other people were they, they warned expect- not to come in that week. They expected about 70,000 people to be in that building that day, but something happened. A whole bunch of them weren't there. A whole bunch of them weren't there. Well, just like Oklahoma City, the whole FBI office was conveniently not there that day. That wasn't because, they were warned not yeah, to that go to work. That was the BATF office. But see, that that's where they tried to fool people because the shadow government told the BATF guys to be out of the building, take a, take a picnic yes. today. So they went off on a picnic. They didn't know what was going on. But when the Patriots found out that the BATF guys were missing in the building, they thought, oh, the, B- the government blew the building up. No, no, the government didn't blew the building up. The shadow government blew the building up, okay? And the operatives that were in the country blew it up. There were six satchel charges. Four of them went off, according to Ben Parton's diagram, General Parton's diagram. And the mayor of Oklahoma, we saw him say, ah, we found two more bombs in the building. The bomb squad is bringing them out. We heard that, and you can see that on a clip. They still got it That's on right. a clip. And so there were six satchel charges put in there and blew that thing up, and two of them didn't go off or the whole building would have come down. Waco records disappeared. Desert Storm records disappeared. All kinds of things were taken care of. Oklahoma passed an anti-U.N. resolution in 1994 uh, against the U.N., keep your nose out of Oklahoma, and Oklahoma, boom, down. They, they decided to pull a number on Oklahoma, give them, give them, a, give them a wake-up call. Don't mess with the U.N., you know. Or, or the you know, the deal here is uh, there are people on this globe who have no regard for human life. That's right. Uh, they have all the money that they want. Now they're looking for ultimate power. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, we can uh, we can certainly tag different groups as being part of it. You know, the Trilateral Commission, the right. Committee for Foreign Relations, the CFR, the, right. the Bilderbergers, the Bohemian Grove, the uh, right. Council of Rome. I mean, we can go on and on, but, you know, well, even though I know some of the players, there's some guys we'll never know who's who's involved, but we know what's at the top. It's Satan. Yeah, and Satan the runs top. the shadow government. His goal is to bring back the Tower of Babel, so to speak, a one-world system. And control and uh, monitor everybody. Right. And to do that, they've got to crash the American economy. Right. And they've they want- got to totally devastate uh, Americans to where we're, we're forced to go into uh, food lines. And the bottom line is, is that they want to take the Temple Mount, and the only way they can take the Temple Mount is to, de- is to demolish Israel, 
and they're thinking we've got to do away with the United States first because they're all supporting Israel. So we got Obama in there. He's not supporting Israel. And the Lord spoke to Brother Bob and said, he said, I will take care of, I shall handle this man like I did King Saul, and no man shall stay my hand. This man has transgressed against Almighty God, and he's in real trouble. The Lord is going to deal with him personally. He, said, he told Bob, I will personally deal with this man, personally. So I don't know what's going to happen. It's, it's sad. It's sad, I, Brother Al. I, I, look at the, uh, I look at the conspiracy. Uh, I know that it's real. Uh, you know, one more reason to know that, uh, you know, we are in the last days. And it's just sad to see our American go down. You know, this is such a great country. Right. Yet, uh, you know, I can't believe that uh, people out there are are so asleep. They have no idea that before our very eyes, everything that uh, we have known is being ripped away from us. I mean, it's like one guy said, very soon, with all the jobs being sent overseas, the, you know, Detroit uh, car manufacturing being butchered, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, homes being repoed, you know, the economy being crashed, you know, dollars being printed like, uh, you know, it's going out of style. You know, we're going to be reduced to, you know, nothing more than jobs available at McDonald's and Walmart. That's right. You've got big box stores. They're going to be Walmart and uh, one big grocery store. And if you ain't got a, a chip in your skin or a, a card in your pocket for that store, you can't go in. And if you don't, the only way you're going to go in is if you worship the devil and take the chip under your skin, or you're not going to buy and sell. And we're, we're coming down to it. And this, this, this thing in the Gulf is apocalyptic, and the fish are going to die, and this thing has just begun. It has just begun. We're, this thing is going to escalate. Into, hor- into horrors of horrors of horrors. What can, uh, you know, people out there listening and uh, they're saying, well, yeah, what can I do? I mean, you know, can this tell is them what bigger than me. Yes, this is what you do. You get yourself a King James Bible and throw out every perverted translation in your house because the vacuum of righteousness which has developed in this country since 1971 was based on the fact that we threw out the authorized version from our churches, our seminaries, from our Sunday school literature, or Sabbath literature, or whatever, whenever you go to church. We threw out that Bible. We threw out the ancient landmarks which the fathers had set. We threw out the hymn books. You start, you get your old-fashioned King James. You don't need any Greek and Hebrew because you don't speak it. You don't need anybody lecturing Greek and Hebrew to you. You have to have the Bible in English so you can understand what God's telling you. And you get out of that bed in the morning at 3 o'clock, say, Lord, wake me up to pray. You get out of that bed and you start praying. And after you start stop praying, you open, you slip open your King James Bible and you start reading. You will get guidance from that thing. It will speak to you. Now, you can't be some backslidden communist and expect God to guide you, okay? You've got to be a born-again Christian, and you've got to have prayed a little bit. He's not going to speak to you unless you speak to him. Now, he can speak to you anytime he wants. But the quickest way to get to hear that still, small voice is to get up and pray in the morning when it's about 3 o'clock in the morning or 4 o'clock when it's quiet. And you can hear the voice speak, or you can see the word of God speak to you. The other Bibles will not speak to you. Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. Faith cometh by hearing the word, and hearing it's manifested in a language you can understand. The Holy Spirit cannot manifest faith to your spirit, or peace, joy, hope, and love, or any other attribute of God's kingdom in a language you can understand. So you need an English Bible, and you need the authorized version Throw out these perverted Bibles, because I can show you in ten minutes that they're perverted. And you start praying, and you open that Bible and start reading. And the Lord can guide you, and you seek the baptism of the Holy Ghost. You, you're supposed to make, pay your tithes and offerings to someplace. If you're going to a house church, you've still got to pay tithes and offerings to somebody, so God can support his kingdom. 
and you've got to start to diligently seeking the Lord, he can show you from that very book. And I, wrote, I made a Davis Motion Pictures produced a video, which we talked about, Pearls for the Very Elect, Marching One Step Ahead of the New World Order. And so with that, with that, if you watch that video, and it's on the Internet, you can see it free. It'll tell you how, to, how God guided me and how he showed me, how the Lord showed me these things. So he can, if he can guide me, he can guide you if you're serious about wanting the truth. But you've got to be serious. You can't be just, you know, wanting your six-pack or you wanting your pickup truck or wanting to watch TV or wanting to go to a ball game or something like that. You know, uh, uh, Christians shouldn't be drinking anyhow, but you can't be doing that kind of stuff, playing the lottery. You know, that kind of stuff is not Christian, and God is not going to bless you if you do that kind of stuff. And there's some things in this kingdom of God you're not supposed to be doing, okay? The Bible distinctly says certain sins is going to send you to hell. And if you die lost, you're going to go to hell. And the only way you're going to get right is to start praying and asking God to save your soul. If you're not saved already, you better start praying about it and pray hard and pray hard and fast one day a week or one, two or three mornings a week and start praying for the truth and open your authorized version and he can guide you. Start praying, oh, Lord, baptize me in the Holy Ghost so I know what's going on. And he can save you from all this if he wants to, if he so desires, but you better be worth it. You're going to have to be doing something in the kingdom of God to make it worth being saved from the wrath to come because the wrath to come, it is falling. It, is, it fell at New York, and it's, it's falling now in the Gulf. It, is, it fell at Katrina. I can prove it. Divine judgment has fallen on this land. So start praying and pleading the blood. Dear Jesus, save my soul. Forgive me of my sins. Do something, folks. Do something. Start praying and seeking God's face. And the quickest way is to open your King James Bible, and it'll, the Holy Spirit will, will it's, it matches what is forever settled in heaven, and the Spirit of God will jump a scripture out of the page and tell you what you have to do for that day. That's the first thing you can do. And at 3 o'clock in the morning, you can hear his voice. I've heard it several times, many times. I can hear the voice speak. You know, I've heard him say white raiment. I heard him say Noah prepared an ark to the saving of his house. Oh, you know, he told me to prepare, and I prepared. And you can do the same. You're no different. You also, number one, uh, prepare spiritually. Right. Get your spiritual house in right. order. Uh, right. If you don't know Jesus, uh, accept him as your Savior. So that even if you, you know, you know, you were hit by a truck tomorrow. Yeah, you go to uh, hell. You, you know where you're going to spend eternity. That's right. Now that being done. If you fight the new world order for two years physically and you die and go to hell, what have you gained? Nothing. What profit is the man who have gained the whole world and lost his, lose his own soul? So you've got to be born again saved. There's a born again experience. Read in St. John chapter 3. Just read in there. Read it out loud. And read, when you read your Bible, read out loud. And then when you get your spiritual preparation made, you've got to do it quick, folks. I've had 26 years to do it. You don't have 26 years. You may have three months. You know, you've got to start doing something. You don't panic. You some of these praying. things, some of these things we've been talking about. Uh, I'm just, you know, I was going back a little bit and again, but uh, they've been underway for decades, and now we're we're seeing the the final phase of it culminate. So I mean, right. you know, these things don't happen overnight. Uh, it's been going on, it's been and going uh, on. right for those that are just waking up to this, I, I'm sorry that you woke up so late in the game, but understand, you know, time is short. Right. Uh, we don't have a lot of time. Um, and what we're going to do, we need to do now because uh, we're all fixing to uh, go into eternity. That's right. And uh, what are we going to do when we stand before Christ? Uh, he's going to say, what did you do for me? 
Mm-hmm. That's right. You know, yeah, um, that's right. What did you do for Jesus? You know, the word says, it says, uh, pick up your cross and follow me. Right. I mean, you know, it says, uh, you know, anybody that would seek to save his life will lose it. But if you lose your life for my sake, you'll gain it. You'll save it. So, you'll I mean, save uh, your life. That's right. Right. You'll save it. So, you know, some we're in some terrible times. And uh, I have to believe that, uh, you know, if we're going to even have any hope to endure till the end, then right. uh, we need to get busy doing something for Christ. That's right. You we need to be- wake up our friends and family, prepare spiritually. And then having prepared spiritually, are there any things that we can do in the physical to prepare, Al, that you would recommend? Well, first of all, you need to get out of the city. Brother Stair has said for years, get out of the city, get out of the TV, and get out of debt, you know. Get out of debt because the thing's going to crash. Uh, it's going to crash, and there's, it's coming. It's com- Folks, if I don't miss my guess and the prophets of God, it's going to come before the end of this year, before January. We're going to go under, and next year we're going to look like a third-world country. This oil slick is going to make us look like a third-world country. you got to start preparing now. You've got to have water. You've got to have some food. Uh, you've got to have something. You've got to have some kind of uh, sustenance. Now, if, if you can pray down manna from heaven, you don't have to prepare at all. You know, I said to this preacher, I said, he said, oh, our Lord will take care of it. I said, okay. If your people can pray down manna from heaven, then you ain't got to worry. Well, they can pray down manna from heaven. I said, oh, they can. Oh, well, if they can pray down manna from heaven, then why aren't, why aren't people jumping out of wheelchairs and walking? Why aren't the blind seeing? Why aren't the dead being raised, you know, if they can pray down manna from heaven? They can't pray down manna from heaven. That was a that, that, that was lip service the guy was telling me. So, you know, that, that, that's, that was fallacious. I would say to people that if they really believe they have enough faith to pray down manna for heaven, don't wait. Stop eating right now and, and pray believe down the manna. Lord to pray down manna right now. That's right. Now, that's right. there is a time coming where it doesn't matter what preparation we made. Uh, it could be taken from us by force. They right. could declare it a hoarding law. It could be taken by gunpoint. You could be, that's right. uh, and they're you could be separated from your food. That's right. I mean, you know, uh, there, there's only so much you can do, but I would say it is prudent to do. And the Bible certainly says, a wise man seeth destruction from afar and hideth himself. The simple paths are destroyed. That's right. You know, people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. I mean, we've got clear biblical example. Noah prepared an ark for the saving of his family. That's right, by faith. Joseph, when he was number two in command of Egypt, stored grain or corn, whichever it was, for seven for, years. For seven years for famine it was coming. For famine that was coming. Uh, I believe God gave us a brain, and I believe that if you have the means to go out go to dinner and a movie, you'd be a lot better off to take that money and buy some staple food, some beans, rice, tuna, you know, well, get some water I purification equipment. That's right. And I personally don't think you'd even go in a movie house at all unless you're going to see uh, Facing the Giants or Flywheel. <laughs> That's right. Those movie houses are nothing but filth. They ain't nothing well, but they... porno and filth and sex. And it's gotten worse in the past 60 years, you know. So uh, you, need to be, you need to be seeking the Lord and asking what he's, you're supposed to do. And I said on that, you watched that video, it's up there on the Internet, Pearls for the Very Elect, watch Twin Brothers Church on your high-speed downlink, and then watch Pearls for the Very Elect. And there's several places up there. And if you don't uh, have a copy of it, you can write me at Box 111, Wolftown, Virginia, 22748. If you'll send me a little postage, I'll send you a copy. I'll send you a copy, and you can watch it. And if you watch that, if you watch those three DVDs that, that, that David, Davis Motion Pictures uh, 
produced, and let me do the talking on the thing, you will know how to prepare yourself. You will know how to prepare and how to do things right. And otherwise, you're going to be caught. You're going to be caught. And the simple pass on and are punished. Bruce just quoted it. The simple pass on and are punished. So you want to be simple, you're going to pass on and be punished. Now, I'm not being... I'm not trying to be hard on you. I'm just trying you. Bruce and I are here because we love you. We we've taken our life in our own hands to sit here and tell you this stuff because we're in. We could be in danger. I've been many times in danger. These guys have been after me for years, but the Lord told me, "I'll give your life for a prey." Sound the alarm, you know. Sound the trumpet. Spread the alarm, you know. So I'm, we're doing it. So. You're not too late yet, but you got to move. you got to move in a hurry. you got to move quickly. You don't have much time. This, this oil slick is coming, and, and they're fixing to crack down on us, and it's here. It's in the wings. The foreign troops are here. The cops are here. The lists are here. The jails are here. The tanks are here. The guns are here. The planes are here. It's all here, folks. The camps have been built. The crematoriums have been built. The torture chambers have been built. The guillotines are here. They've been seen and spotted. They're here. And people are going to be beheaded for their faith. It says so in Revelation, I think it's 20, verse 5, I think it is. <laughs> Something like that. Absolutely. Uh, that means, uh, you know, it says, if they persecuted me, they'll persecute you. Is a servant right. greater than the master? That's right. You know, look at uh, all 11 of the 12 disciples, and I'm talking excluding Judas, who, you know, well, all fell. John, most of them died a violent death except St. John. Absolutely. They gave their life. Even John the Baptist had his head cut off. That's right. And uh, look at all the prophets, how they died. The, the point right. is, is there'll be some that endure till the end. Yeah, but clearly, there's going to be some that are beheaded for the faith. Right. And, you know, we're going to probably all be faced with a decision that Peter and the disciples had when in the Garden of Gethsemane. Right. When they came for Jesus. Uh, we're going to have an opportunity. Are we going to stand for Christ right. and go to the cross if necessary? Or are we going to deny him and run? You're going to deny, yeah, it's okay to run take your backpack and go to the woods. He says in the Bible, flee to another city. But when they grab a hold of you and say, if you don't deny Jesus, we're going to shoot your wife. Yeah. And then what are you going to do? Oh, boy. You're going to have the guts. I'll tell you what, if, you don't, if you're using an NIV Bible, you ain't gonna, you're not going to have any guts whatsoever. You cannot use the NIV Bible for anything. It's a piece of trash. It's a novel about the Holy Land. Get rid of it. I ain't got, we haven't got time to go into that. Well, you know, here's the problem. You know, most of the American mainstream church, uh, they don't believe that uh, Revelations is for us. They believe that they're going to be just caught out of here. You know, yeah. um, surely God wouldn't cause his people to be persecuted. Yet we forget the millions of people who have died in China in the underground church, right. in Russia, and your, in Rwanda, Africa that get hacked. Sudan, Rwanda, the Sudan, it's going on over there right now. And this ethnic cleansing going up in these Russian provinces, this ethnic cleansing, they're killing Christians, man. They're killing Christians in India. i got friends over there. They're killing Christians everywhere. The only reason they're not killing them here. Is America still armed, and they're afraid there's going to be a there's going to be a bloody fight, and there is not necessarily the Christians, but the patriots are going to go up in arms, man. Look out! There's going to be a terrible civil war. It's going to be terrible. That's why they want to take take away the weapons. Now, right. uh, I heard from a report here recently that uh, some interesting construction was cited at uh, some of these uh, uh, overpasses and uh, areas, you know, where you, you get onto the interstate exits. Is what I mean meant to say. They saw these. Uh, Arms that would come down, like at a railroad track. Yeah, they got they got them along the they got them down on right six on I sixty 
64 going to Richmond, they got them on every interchange, on and off, coming and going. They got them. These, these basically, they could hit a hit a button and those things go down, and you don't have down. access. Yeah, they're to electronically the operated. They shut the. If you're on the interstate, you can't get off except shut your car down and take off on foot. <laughs> so back to your point, if a person has the means, it would probably be prudent to get out of the big cities. That's right. Uh, that's where most of the clampdown is going to come. It's going to come. They and try to get out to a. Go ahead. They got 120 cities. They're planning on clamping down. They think they can clamp down 120. They can control everything. We'll we'll see what happens. The Lord has the Lord's in charge, but He give you a brain. He gave you a brain, and you better start using it, my brother. Yeah, we're not good. trying to put a a spirit of fear in anybody, but no. you know God does expect us use use our brains. Right. And you know if a person listening says, "Hey, I have you know no means whatsoever," then then pray and ask God uh, what He would have you to do, yeah, and God will make a way. I mean. Uh, use your own example, Al. When you uh, were um, convicted of the need to uh, do some preparation, that's right. Uh, what did you do? You didn't have a lot of money at the time. Did well, you? I, I, three days in a row, I heard the Lord speak. Noah prepared an ark to the saving of his house. I said, "What?" Three days in a row, and I finally said, third day, I said, "Lord, I don't have any money. I know what I need to get, but I'm, you know, I got my bills all paid off. But I don't have extra money." And the Lord turned around. And gave me twenty thousand dollars, or my mother says we want to buy some stuff, shouldn't we? I said, "Yep." Wow. So she says, "Here's the money." I said, "I'll tell you what, here's the list. Go buy it." So we went off and bought some stuff, and I bought. Let me tell hey, you. Hey, that's something. fantastic. I bought American-made tools, non-electric tools. I bought American-made tools way back then. You can't get American-made tools hardly anymore. It's Chinese junk, and it doesn't last, and it doesn't work very long. So you got to go to. Yard sales and and auctions and and barn sales or, or or flea markets and look for and look for this these old tools and the old bits and stuff and drills and and hatchets and and chisels and stuff. It's made in the United States. This stuff from China is worthless. It's flat out. Man, worthless. isn't that the truth? It's worthless. You go to Best Buy, you go to Walmart, you go to Target. Uh, and I went recently, needed to buy a couple appliances, and everything was made in China. And I'll be honest with you. Uh, it all broke down within a six-month period. I should have taken the uh, it all it all the warranty. Down. Well, what you got to do? But you know they. Yeah, you got you got to keep the box and keep the receipt and take it back to the to the store and try to get you another one or whatever you can do. You try to do something, you know. Well, the problem is we don't have any manufacturing capability more. It's all been we've been sold it's out by the multinational people. corporations that have no loyalty to America. Okay, well there's. there's uh, three. There's three things, Bruce, that make a company a country great. One, mass production, you can outproduce the other country, right, with the available resources, okay? If you can outproduce the other guy, that will make you more money than him, all right? Secondly, gold and silver, that is actually money, gold and silver reserves, and three, natural resources. Clinton put the coal off limits. They're putting all these, all these, uh, these different things off limits. No more drilling. No more oil. No more. They want to shut the coal mines down. They don't want all all resources come from the earth. Well, they've taken our manufacturing. We can't outproduce the other guy because it's all all the all the machines and all the productions in China. There goes that, that there goes that leg of the triad. Okay. Then they we don't have any gold and silver reserves. They've stolen all that. The bankers have taken all that, and the Rome has taken all that. The stuff is gone. Only the only gold left now in this country is what a few people have in their pockets or have somewhere stuck around. And the natural resources have been put off limits. They're taking away the natural resources from us, so we don't have any natural resources. 
and they've changed. The and don't forget the the borders have been opened wide open. Right. So and now even open. the remaining jobs we're having to compete with uh, right. illegal illegal aliens uh, who are who are drawing aliens. better paychecks and drawing drawing better benefits and better stuff than you can have. Okay. This whole thing has been been geared and it's coming like a juggernaut. It's here. It is upon us, folks. And we're running out of time here, but we've got about seven out. minutes. Uh, and and the word says, you know, that uh, the uh, the men will kind of um, gather up and uh, let out a shout. They'll kind of be like caterpillars, mm-hmm. you know, against the uh, the daughter of Babylon. I, I believe that uh, you know we're seeing that before our very eyes. Uh, the yep. country has been overrun. We've got uh, we don't know how many people came in the border last night. That's right. We don't know how many total foreign troops are already here pre-positioned. Uh, they're saying that the uh, I heard Nathan Leal say that uh, Lord showed him that sometime in October the decision will be made behind closed doors that they're going to phase the dollar out for good. Yeah. I mean, you hear what these uh, rulers have been saying, like Medvedev and others. You know, give us a uh, a new global currency. Yeah. Uh, I hear that Obama may be getting ready to do another stimulus package. The, the first one didn't work. Right. This one's certainly not going to work. And then they're going to throw up their hands and they're going to say, hey, we have no option but to uh, to right. bring in a new currency. And it's going to be tied to the mark of the beast before we know it. That's right. And then and then they say, you know, the other deal is people say, buy gold, buy gold, buy gold. I'm going to tell you something. The Bible says the rich are going to throw the gold and silver in the streets. They're going to a cashless society based on credits in your electronic bank account. And they don't want you bartering and going around behind the back. They don't want me and Bruce trading. Uh, Bruce, I give Bruce some gold and silver. He does this, and he gives me some gold for that. They don't want you bartering and trading. They're going to outlaw gold and silver. They're going to outlaw it, and if it's outlawed, it becomes contraband, and contraband will get you in jail if you're caught with it. And here come the gold police. Throw it in the streets. Throw it in the dumpster. Quick. And that's what's going to happen. They are going to ban gold, just like they did in Roosevelt's time. That was a trial run, and... You know, a Krugerrand, you can't eat that sucker. You know, you can't eat it, folks. And it makes a real poor throat lozenger, okay? You can bore a hole in yeah, right now, You can make a washer out of it. That's why nobody can do it. You can still buy a 25-pound bag of rice or beans pretty yes, cheaply. You can. You, know. you can. You can now. I, That's right. I would rather have a steak dinner, but uh, when it comes down to it, uh, rice and beans will keep you alive. Throw in a little bit of uh, canned tuna. And watch you out, know, You can eat pretty well. All this grain and stuff, grain and spaghetti noodles, macaroni, rice, barley, uh, any kind of cereal, will all get weevils in it. You've got to take that stuff and put it in your defreeze and freeze it for about two days and then put it in a plastic bag and hang it up to keep the weevils out of it. You've got to freeze this stuff. You've got to sterilize it. There's several ways to do it. Uh, diatomaceous earth, and you can use bay leaves, but you can also freeze it in your freezer. And seeds, if you if you freeze seeds, they'll they'll stay good forever. I planted ten year old corn seeds that were frozen for ten years, and it came up. Every one of them came up. So you need some seeds, and you got to have non 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 hybrid seeds. You got to get open pollinated heirloom seeds. And if you if you keep them cool or hermetically sealed or keep them cool in a deep freeze, they'll last forever. That, that's a fact. I can tell you it works. I, I had ten year old corn that came up perfect. Every seed can. Now, um, tell people again how they can uh, get a hold of you, how they well, can uh, order any of the materials and so forth. Well, I can tell you, you know, you guys can see this stuff on the Internet. If you have a problem, call or write, write me at Box. I go, I, first contact with me is Box 111, Wolftown, Virginia, 22748. 
I don't get on the Internet because too many people start sending me more junk than I can use and more stuff that they think is valid and it's not. And they tie up my emails. I don't have high speed. So write me at Box 111 Wolftown, Virginia, and I'll go from there. I'll tell you now, you uh, are doing a, a regular weekly show. How can people tune in and hear you every week? Uh, that thing's at Working. Eight, it's 8 o'clock on Tuesday night, Eastern Standard, Eastern Daylight Time. It's called FreedomFightersForAmerica.com. If you go on there, Freedom Fighters for America website, be look around for Al Cuppet or look for Talk Shoe. I don't exact. I don't know the exact place to look for it. I, I'm not into that. Yeah, we'll find the link and uh, put up it up there. on the website for the listeners. I got a link. Um, I got a link for it, and you can hear me every Tuesday night. You can tune in, or you can now wait. If uh, someone would the next night, if someone would like to sponsor you and invite you to come into their local area or church and uh you know give a uh, a briefing uh is that the best way to contact you by mail yeah i guess contact me by mail yeah just box one one wolftown virginia i don't do a lot of speaking i got a very i got a very carefully weigh every every thing i do because uh if the lord ain't in it i ain't going man i am not going because there's too much danger out there he's he's promised me my life for a prey but i gotta make sure i make sure i walk circumspect and i don't go places like Alberto Rivero, he went to a dinner and the Jesuits killed him. They finally got him. They finally oh got goodness. Brother Rivera. Okay. We've got about two minutes, so would you uh, close in prayer, Al? Absolutely. Before Heavenly you Father, do, uh, yeah. Would you uh, would you be willing to come back on the show and share again? Whenever. Absolutely. You, Look you, forward to have you back. You sit here to you sit here to keep keep prodding me, and I'll be glad to do it. Go ahead and close in prayer, Al. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this time together, almost two hours, Lord. I pray, O oh Lord, that we have not imparted fear, yea, that we have imparted faith to the folks that are listening, that they might turn to thee and call upon you right now. The time is short. Father, guide them and direct them. And, Lord, make sure that the spirit of faith is put in them. No fear is put in them. Have them read the right stuff and, and show them every, every day, Jesus. Show them what to do, Lord. Guide them and direct them quickly that they might pray for their families, that they might pray for guidance. Pray for guidance and pray for the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Father, guide them and be with them and keep them safe. We claim it in Jesus' name that you'll do it. And we'll be on another time, folks. Father, bless them until that time. And, folks, we'll see you next time and next week. The Lord bless you and keep you. And we ask it in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen and amen. God bless you, Brother Al. Thank you for coming on tonight. Okay, brother. See ya. Shalom. Thank you for tuning in to the Mega Man Radio tonight. I hope you enjoyed guest Al Cuppet. If you didn't get to catch the whole show, check it out in the podcast. And we'll see you next week. Omega Man signing out.
to invade deep into enemy territory, drive out the hosts of hell, and take back the land. Our mission is to preach Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who is the only name written under heaven by which men might be saved. Cast out demons and pray for the sick that they may be healed in Jesus' name. If this program is a blessing to you and you would like to take part in this harvest of men's souls, join with us and attack the hosts of hell by donating any amount online at www.omega Radio.com. Are you ready? Ready to take a ride? Grab your coffee and strap yourself in. If you listen, we can hear God's plan. Because the show is about to begin. You're listening. You're listening to the Omega Man Radio Network. 